Thanks so much for joining us here on the Podium Podcast. Really great to see you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Chris. Oh, it's our it's our pleasure. Now, you guys are out in California, and I've, I've got to ask, and I'm pretty sure a few people here will be interested in hearing too. Is it is it is it warm out? Is it is it hot? We're in the midst of a lot of uh, snow right now here on the East Coast, so uh, it's actually sunshine and beautiful. <laughs> Okay, that's great. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll run with that. And it was about to be expected from California, so we understand. But uh, moving into the topic of investing and cannabis, uh, specifically, the marijuana industry within the U.S. has really started to take form. I think the election this year is obviously something that everybody's been anticipating uh, within the uh, sector and trying to figure out where we're going and what we're going to do. But uh, obviously, great impact. Kelly, what what did you think of all this after Biden finally won and was declared the winner? Well, I don't think Biden himself necessarily uh, necessitates a, a move forward for the cannabis industry. But I think that the people spoke in every... Every election and every mandate that came before the voters in 2020 that was cannabis related was approved. And so 60, 68% of the people in the United States in the last Gallup poll are pro marijuana and cannabis legalization. And I think that that is something that we know that Kamala Harris is pro cannabis. Um, legalization. And I think Biden's going to get on board because the, the writing's on the wall. And even yesterday, which is, you know, this is kind of big news. Um, the senators from uh, New York, New Jersey, and Oregon, um, Schumer, uh, Cory Booker, and Ron Weidman um, said that they will bring legislation to the Senate floor by the end of this year. And I think that they'll see bipartisan support on this. Um, this is not really something that goes along party lines. Um, so, you know, I, I think that the outlook is, is very good for the industry. And I think that it takes away a lot of the, you know, the problems that we have right now, which are, you know, the 280E expenses um, for expenses that you can deduct against your taxes um, for banking regulation for the ability for investors like us um, to, to raise money from big groups that just simply can't invest in cannabis right now. So I think that that institutional investment is going to really serve the, in the industry well, as well as all the other things I just mentioned. I've been made there. At, at some point, it, uh, it seems to even out. Is that correct? I think it, it does even out. And I think that in terms of investment and banking, I think that that follows in short order after legalization, you know, happens I can in this country. Chime in here. When, sure, it, comes to, when it comes to um, um, capitalization and institutional participation, um, and Kelly's absolutely correct when, it come, uh, when she states that that will follow. But just like anything in the, financial industry, uh, 
progress tends to bleed forward. And right now, in the front part of this year in January, was over a billion dollars of capital that was raised. And AYR, which is a MS a multi-state operator, uh, raised $224 million. And 80% and of that were four individual institutional investors. So when um, Kelly says that it will, will be more mainstream, it will be. But we're already seeing it happen right now. So, um, and as Kelly was saying, when you have legislation moving forward um, to the Senate side now, now, as you all remember last year, Congress, they did approve legalization. Um, and then as, as the, after the election, um, to see this uh, announcement today is so surprising to tell you the truth that it's this 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 close to biden taking over so um you know and also during the election you had five new states that brought more legalization on new jersey montana south dakota uh arizona and surprisingly mississippi i mean mississippi most people would think would be extremely conservative and that you wouldn't have a follow through in regards to recreational and medicinal marijuana legalization. But that's not true. Actually, uh, as it passed, most private investors I'm seeing are rushing to Mississippi because of the climate and the demand. So uh, more to come. And Kelly, maybe if we could just uh, talk to you for a quick moment um, about the fund itself and how you actually specifically have structured the fund and, and what areas you are particularly right now focusing on. Our, our fund invests in um, kind of nine sectors that touch the cannabis plant. So it could be companies that are in IT or, you know, the pick and shovel companies like our generations. Um, we look at obviously the recreational. Uh, Michael focuses more on the recreational side. I focus uh, more on the medicinal side because of my background in biotech and medtech. I've run uh, those portfolios for the last two decades. Um, and so I tend to focus more on the medicinal space, but it doesn't mean that we're not looking at a lot of other sectors in the group as well. So our portfolio is really broken down to, as Kelly says, nine different sectors. And this is unique compared to uh, the majority of hedge fund management, um, as well as that we only invest in publicly traded companies. Um, the nine different sectors are e-commerce, real estate, pharmaceuticals, seed to sale like multi-state operators, CBD, the new uh, sector of SPACs, um, ancillary, distillate, and beverages. And I can see Kelly just chomping at the bit to jump in and add something to that. Yeah, no, I think that, that Michael's last point about um, the the MSOs having to vertically integrate 
within each state is one of the other legs of the stool that regulation will fix. And so when you think about running a business and having to have every single part of your business located in every state that you're, it's just such a difficult um, way to execute your business model and, and no other business has to do that. So, you know, all of these things are gonna work together uh, following legalization they're all gonna to work together to really support these companies in a way that we have not even seen yet. And they're executing well right now. And the pull through to EBITDA is unlike anything we've ever seen right now with, that, with those kind of business metrics that they have to, the hoops that they have to jump through. So, you know, so it's really exciting to see what they'll be able to do when you, when you take off all the shackles. All of the all of the handcuffs. It seems to me that uh, the barriers to entry within this industry is is very uh, very high and very difficult. Uh, same would go for it's, here in Canada. A lot of a lot of hoops to be jumped through, right? That's right. So if you're executing now with that, you know, imagine what you'll be able to do when when everything is lifted. So Kelly, uh, moving forward, what are some near-term and uh, long-term catalysts that uh, you're going to be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, I, I would suggest that all of the catalysts for the sector going forward are positive and likely. So your risk-reward for investing in the sector is very good right now. Um, and the catalyst being, as we spoke about earlier, legalization, uh, both on the federal and, and the state level as the states continue to, to become um, legal in both medicinal and recreational use. Uh, capitalization of the sector, uh, which is also very important for the, um, the money to be available to execute the businesses in the best way possible. And then liquidity so that investors can easily um, buy and, and trade these stocks so that you know, the sector moves forward. So I would say those are the, the catalysts that we're looking for going forward. And, you know, there's a very high probability that all this comes to bear. Um, and, and it looks like given today's announcement that the timing's gonna come earlier than we expected. So, you know, upside surprise from that. So there will be obviously a lot happening in between and uh you know we know that you don't have a crystal ball or or anything but uh, is is there any specific timelines in that you would know of or in your mind in terms of when everything starts to move through the legislature and actually starts to come to fruition on the federal side on the federal side yes um yeah well that's what the announcement was yesterday is that they're going to bring um legislation to the senate floor this year. And uh, we already have that passed and on the congressional and the Congress level. Assuming so, all goes well there, then what would what would be sort of a timeline to look forward to at that point? I mean, I think that uh, Biden will be the one thing about Biden is that he he surrounds himself with really smart people. And, you know, one of those people is Kamala Harris, and she's very pro um, legalization. Um, she's also very pro restorative justice. 
And that's part of this plan as well, is that kind of addressing that the, um, the legal system has adversely impacted black and brown people in the United States. And, uh, you know, Kamala Harris, her role in as the attorney general in San Francisco, she was part of that system. And she was enforcing the law as it was stated, but she knows that that was an issue. And so I think that, that that's gonna be a big part of it. And that is going to really help move the dial um, when you look at, you know, full approval federally. Well, that's really good to know. That really uh, helped us get, uh, you know, a better sense of how things are, are moving. And, um, you know, oftentimes we hear from uh, governments, uh, you know, their timeline and never, rarely do they ever seem to to work out. And I know we've had many delays here on the Canadian side over the, the last few years. So um, with any luck, it does move a little bit smoother um, for you. So, Michael, I just want to turn it over to you just for a quick second and ask you, when it comes to drilling down on specific companies that you're looking to invest in, it looks like you're actually applying an ECG screening process to these companies. I was just wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, the ESG screening for us is probably kind of the center of what we do because the cannabis industry is a headline industry. It's growing um, at multiples that you've never seen before. But it also, unfortunately, it's one of the heaviest in packaging. So, or it's heavy, heavily in power use or heavily in using water and other aspects. It's also um, a new industry that's hiring people. Um, and so Kelly and our real goal here is, is to make sure the environmental side of the companies that we put in our portfolio are <clears throat> looking at uh, ways to use power correctly, combinations of coordinating with local power companies for uh, the best practices and usage, establishing solar fields and battery um, storage units so that you're not using um, carbon-based power and water recycling, HVAC units. So on the environmental side, these are the series of questions that we'll ask each company that's in our portfolio when it comes to the environment, when it comes to social, social justice, social governance, what we're really looking for is that these companies from boardroom to C-suite to line management down to the workers in the company that we're seeing diversification, we're seeing fair, uh, fair treatment, and that there's equal opportunity both for men, women, people of color and, and, and color and sexual preference. So that... Uh, it's proven through different reports, whether you use McKinsey's or others, that when you have a company that's diversified, the actual profitability that spits out the other end is always more beneficial. And it's the right thing to do. So 
And then when it comes to um, <clears throat> different projects that they that these companies get involved in, whether it's the prisoner project or veterans and cannabis project or projects that bring money into local urban areas to help people of color create stores and storefronts within their own community. These are the type of subjects and items that both Kelly and I require that there be um, systems in place when we have those quarterly meetings. Uh, and it's very interesting. Usually on these quarterly meetings, most of these companies have been pounding the pavement trying to become EBITDA positive, you know, and they're, and they're just finally really proud of being positive. And then the second half of Kelly and my questions are, okay, what are you doing with ESG? And there's usually an awkward pause. So what's great about that is, is that we also have resources that we can help them with. It's not just a oh, well, you guys aren't doing a very good job or, you know, we write you off the list. We have um, a resources, one of them a company by the name of Regenibus, that what they do is they'll go in and organize that C-suite in regards to how they can, how can they create objectives and policies and goals to, to make their company ESG viable. So, um, with each company that's in our portfolio, um, they have to be screened in that manner before they can, we can invest in them. Now, I would just say that the, the point of um, impact investing, not being a profitable enterprise, and it, when, you, when you have a, a C-suite CEO, anyone in the C-suite who's really dedicated to this, they, they are better managers of their business overall. They're just more kind of elevated in how they're thinking. And, and that's what you want from your management teams because the management teams are critical. Um, you know, this sector has already seen the impact of bad management teams. Um, and and the, the investor response to that in 2019, when the sector just took a dive, took a nosedive. And then you had to, you know, you saw companies kind of capitulate and management teams get replaced and that kind of thing. So the most important thing to, to understand about ESG is that it, it creates a more profitable investment over the long term. So it's, it's the right thing to do, you know, but it's also the profitable thing to do. So, you know, you've got both there. And, and that's what our fund objective is, is to capitalize on the best run companies um, running the, you know, executing their businesses in the most, in the best way, in the fairest way. Um, so, yeah, I think Michael did a good job explaining, you know, what the environmental impacts are. This is, this is a heavy use single source or single use plastic enterprise in the cannabis industry. And it's mostly because of the regulations around the packaging and, and what they can do. There's a lot of alternatives to that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be putting, we're, we're at kind of that crossroads where we can put those companies in, you know, in, in the same room with the people that are creating new kinds of plant-based packaging that are biodegradable. So, you know, that all of that 
make sense to us. And that's kind of the passion about why we do this um, is for that reason. Exactly. So, and, and symmetry is a, you know, woman owned fund and it has been since 2001. Um, and, you know, that's, that's not very, um, you don't see that very often. I think less than 1.3% of funds um, where the GP is, you know, owned by a woman. So congratulations for all of the successes you have. And I can't thank you both uh, enough for coming up here and giving our subscribers uh, and investors uh, an inside look at the minds of investment managers in the U.S. as it pertains to cannabis. And Michael, where where can people see you or people reach you online? Well, thanks uh, for the opportunity also. And we can be reached at our web, uh, www medicuslp.com um, and that's our website feel free it has all of our contact information there feel free to contact us for questions or any other subjects that you might want to bring up we'd be happy to talk with you great that's great michael we really appreciate it and uh, we will be looking forward to seeing you guys again real soon thanks again Thank Thanks you. Bye, Chris.